So it is the second Sunday of Advent, and as we always do, we focus on the figure of John the Baptist. I think for most of us, uh, hearing different scripture passages about John the Baptist and what we know of him, we sort of in our minds figure him to be sort of a very grave, serious, and somber figure. Uh, he's doing his penance, living in the desert, he's renounced marriage, he's wearing camel hair and eating nasty old locusts, he's preaching, he's chastising the sinners and calling people to repentance. It doesn't sound like a very fun guy, someone you like to hang out with very often. What I would like to do is propose maybe a different way of looking at John the Baptist, one that I think is probably pretty fitting for the Advent season as we prepare for Christmas, that John the Baptist, while indeed I'm sure he could be serious and somber, that ultimately though, John was a man of joy. How did I say that? John was a man of joy. I'm going to say three reasons. One, because we know that John was not only a relative of Jesus, but he was a friend of Christ. He knew him as his friend, as the friend of the bridegroom, and as the Messiah. And so sort of that joy of being close to the bridegroom, as we see in Scripture. The joy of knowing, finally, the Lamb of God is here who will take away the sins of the world. This is something that should be a cause for joy, seeing the salvation and redemption of Israel on the horizon. Also the fact that John was filled with the Holy Spirit from when he was in his mother's womb and Our Lady and Jesus came, he left with joy in his mother's womb. And so John was particularly filled with the Spirit and one of those gifts of the Spirit, people that we know that are filled with the Spirit, is one of joy. You're truly filled with the Holy Spirit. You're not walking around like a sourpuss all the time. There's a sense of joy that comes from being in communion with the Lord. And third and finally, John the Baptist was tremendously generous of giving his entire self for the service of the Lord. Not only did he give up a certain lifestyle he could have led because he was the son of a priest of the temple, but he's given everything, giving up things and then pouring his entire being into what he's doing in the hot sun, preaching, baptizing, pointing towards Christ. He gave everything during his life and ultimately the generosity of his own witness by giving his own life. Those are signs of a person who is generous and from that generosity comes, we know, a great joy. And so this is why I think that John is an important Advent figure. Not just because he points the way to Jesus, as we hear in the scripture readings today, is because he is joyful. There's marked a man of joy. And so it helps us, again, as I said, he helps us to prepare for the coming of Jesus, to move out those things that block the way. He teaches us, of course, penance and self-denial, but also the joy that we should have in eager anticipation of Christmas. I mean, this Advent season is a time of joy, particularly for children and even for adults, looking forward to the gifts that we will receive, spending time with family and friends. There's that joy and excitement in the air. The students are pretty joyful, school's over. Except the ones that failed, they're probably not too joyful. But if we're called 
to look at him as a figure during this Advent season, it's not just because we need to be dedicated to Christ and prepare ourselves, but also so that we can be joyful. And so how can John teach us and the things that we notice in his life to sort of find joy during this Advent season in imitating him? The first way is to come to know Jesus as our friend, as the Messiah, as our Savior. And so often we know about Jesus. We know about the Gospels. We remember our catechism lessons. But do we really know the Lord? Have we encountered him in our prayer, in the Eucharist, and in our brothers and sisters? Jesus is there wanting to meet us, wanting to know us. But so often, I think, as I've said before, we're waiting for Jesus to sort of like descend from heaven and shoot rays out of his wounds. But he's right there with us in prayer and the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist and in the church. But we don't recognize him because we're waiting for something else. And so Advent, like we heard last week, is to be watchful. A great way to be watchful to look for the Lord. And when we encounter him, we feel his presence, like John the Baptist, it's a great cause for joy and rejoicing. Also, to be able to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, so often we say, all right, well, there's God the Father, he's got a beard, he loves us, there's Jesus, he's walking around doing miracles, and then there's the bird, there's the fire. The Spirit doesn't really have a relationship in our life, but we are called to be people of the Spirit. The apostles, even though they knew Jesus, they knew the resurrection, they weren't able to go out and proclaim the gospel until Pentecost, until the Spirit descended upon them. Of course, we as Catholics have received the Spirit at baptism and confirmation, but so often that Spirit sort of lays latent in our lives and our souls. We're called to fan it into flame. The people that I know that have been the most filled with the Spirit, uh, following the promptings of the Spirit, have been the most joyful people. I mentioned two names that I mentioned before, Father Harold Cohen and Father Monsignor Bob Gust, both priests of New Orleans, one a Jesuit. These men were completely filled with the Spirit and, and they were disgustingly joyful. I was got on my nerves that they were so joyful. But they would tell you they were joyful because they were filled with the Spirit. And nobody had the Spirit like John the Baptist. And third and finally is that generosity of giving of ourselves, of giving of our time, talent, and treasure. Today I was reading an article in the paper that some of you may have stumbled upon talking about uh, these studies of how when people walk into like a store where there's one of those Santa Claus with a bell asking for money, a great majority of the time they go to another entrance. They try to avoid the Santa Claus with the bell. Now, maybe because the Santa Claus with the bell probably shouldn't take it a bath that day, but didn't. The reality is people feel uncomfortable about being approached to give. They don't want to give. They feel like they're not ready to do it even during the holiday season. But the person who wrote the article says, indeed, this might be true, but if we really think about it, experience and studies show that when we are generous, we're the happiest. Again, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Hey, I could really find some happiness in giving to this, maybe not to the Salvation Army, but to something. We get great happiness from giving more than receiving. So think of the happiness that you might receive from getting a gift this Christmas. 
But there's even more happiness of giving that special gift to the person you love. You look forward in anticipation until they open it up and to see the joy they bring in their lives. To be able to go and help the poor, the lonely. A lot of people get tremendous joy going to the nursing home during Advent and other places and, and singing for people and bringing the kids there and bringing them treats and singing Christmas carols. It gives the people joy, but it also gives us joy. And then the joy and the happiness that comes from giving to a cause that you're passionate about. I see this all the time. The people who are so generous in supporting the students over here at Our Lady of Wisdom. They say, Father, I give not just because I have to or because it helps, because I get great joy knowing that I am giving towards something that matters to me and to the church. And so we sort of convinced ourselves, I talked about this years ago, that somehow it's wrong to feel joy in being generous. If we're doing something good, if we're helping someone, well, it's just our duty, we should just, just grin and bear it and move forward. No, there's a great sense of joy from being generous. Not just, of course, with that, giving our whole entire lives and serving others in the time, talent, and treasure. So, that's my encouragement for Advent. Someone came to me this week and they said, you know, Father, what can we do? What kind of penance for Advent can we do? I think rather than giving something up, maybe this is something really to focus on. Focus on being patient and waiting for Jesus, of course, but to try to imitate John the Baptist, not only in preparing our minds and hearts to receive Jesus, but also by choosing joy, looking for Jesus and entering in that relationship with him, praying for a deeper outpouring of the Spirit, of course, being generous to those things, organizations, people whom we love, finding joy in that and preparing our hearts, our lives to receive Christ at Christmas. Amen.